recently asked, what's the dress code in the cave? I thought for a while and I said, let me remind you of our true masculine dress code. An open chest, a flexible muscle, and eyes of determination that are laced with a killer instinct. This is Adam's cave. Eves, you're always welcome to Eves Drop, where warriors need to hear the soothing voices of the men or the women of watch. I'm your host, Kesey Jakeprotich, reclining here by the brook as you draw from the, from the spring of wisdom. Our lines of engagement are two. Uh, WhatsApp lines, Hope TV would be 0708-242-3233. And for Hope FM is 0717-400555. Let me check it again, 0717-400555. Or just a SMS line, go to 2093, or comment section on Hope FM and Hope TV YouTube pages. And be very, very delighted to hear from you. Always happy to hear from you. Now, Uganda is one of the amazing, amazing countries. It's named the Pearl of Africa. The country is rich, and it's an exact example of a willing society. But Uganda, like one of the many countries, was affected by a ravaging war. So we recently stopped to ask, where are the men who survived the war? How did that affect the rites of passage, true masculinity, and generational path? So welcome to the conversation as you look at succession, raising men of generation, raising men Sorry, let me take it again. Raising generation of men, not raising men of generation. It is raising generation of men. Raising generation of men. And today, it's my absolute honor and privilege to bring a man from the part of Africa. Uganda itself. He's a father, he's a businessman, he's a musician, he's a husband, and a bishop of Christ Heart Ministries, Bishop Isaiah Muga. Welcome to the cave, sir. Thank you. It's a joy to have you. Thank you very much. Who is Isaiah Muga? Uh, like you just <laughs> described him, uh, I've been born and bred in Uganda, yeah. but I have been made by the world. Amen. I've traveled widely, um, near and far, and um, I've gone through a lot of things that have shaped my opinion. And also, I've been born again from, from 1986. Yeah, I'm a of Christ. I love to do work for the kingdom. I'm a conference speaker. I write worship music. I play sax. And um, that's what I love to play, but I play all these other instruments. And um, uh, when I'm in a spiritual environment, I'm a prophet. I, I operate in the office of a prophet. Yeah. Mm. What an honor to have you. I think I can't remember the last time we had a prophet on Adam's cave. <laughs> so we truly, truly are delighted to have you. Thank you, sir. And I know you come to Kenya many times. So you travel, you're traveling, passing by, or coming to. Do you have some of the churches in Kenya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a church in uh, Nairobi. Uh, we have a church in Mombasa and in Voi. And we're going to start other churches also in the near future. Thank you, Bishop. I, I worked in Uganda for a couple of years. Really? And I admire your country, Bishop. Really? Very nice people. Very nice culture of food. Yeah. Oh, food, yes. Food is extremely beautiful. Culture, yes. Bishop, in your books, 
either, I think you've written a book on right of passage and something mm. on generation. Yes. There's a very interesting statistics that you mentioned about a 2% mm. and about 75%. Mm. What was that about? Okay, the Uganda Health and Demographic Survey of 2016 showed that Uganda's population below the age of uh, 25 was actually over 80. So one out of, actually, eight out of every 10 were below the age of 25. Mm -hmm. So people above the age of 55 to 100 were only 2%. Wow. Yeah. And um, given our nature of education, um, you start primary one at six years and uh, you go to university for three, four years. By the time a person is 21, 22, they're not done with university. So our dependence, the years of dependence are very high. We don't, um, we don't like behave like these other countries where you are 15 and you can go work in a supermarket or uh, drop newspapers and you get paid. For us, a pass, until a person leaves university, they are almost useless mm -hmm. in terms of family income or even helping themselves. So we have a very high dependency culture or dependency percentage. People who are above uh, 60 um, out of work, mainly if you've been working for companies or government, and then people who are below 24 are also unemployed. So you find that from 25 up to 55, the working age group, which is actually less than 20%, is supporting 80% of the population. So leaving no money for investment or even personal growth. Yeah. Wow. Bishop, I know we talked about one of the things about mentorship. Mm. How does that then affect the area of mentorship in, in, in discussing like the topic of today's succession, mm. raising men? Okay, we need to go back. We need to take a step back okay. to try and understand our special circumstances. Um, I was born in 1972. And when Idi Amin was president, in 1979, he left power. He was pushed out of power. Uh, that was war. But between 1976 and 1979, when he was removed, a lot of men got killed. A lot of men were made to abandon their families and flee the country. Yeah. And in 1980, in 1979, he was removed. And in 1980, um, AIDS, HIV AIDS was discovered in a remote part of Uganda near the shores of Lake Victoria. So from 1980 for about 25 years, AIDS ravaged men. Because uh, men, yeah, I don't even know why, AIDS ravaged men. After AIDS ravaging men, we had wars. They ravaged men. So what we see as men raised by single women, single mothers, are just a tougher version of women. And that's why you see today we have this as a major problem in society. We have feeling men, men with feelings, men who you will annoy and they will treat you with silent treatment, which ideally used to be a women's thing. Yes. By the way, I'm not pulling women down, yeah. but, but women feel. Mm. Men don't feel. But today, you are having men who feel. Mm. 
Hmm? And men who are doing women things. And they, and, and they, they should be considered to be normal men when they can't do things that men do. We have men in our society that can't kill a rat in the house. Oh, yeah. There are men that cannot even remove uh, um, uh, a caterpillar. Yeah? There are men who will not stand up for their right, but they'll go in a toilet and cry. Yeah? So, so there are so many things that have changed because of absence of men. They have no examples to look at. All the examples that they have are women examples. Women are the nurses in the hospitals. Women are the Sunday school teachers in church. Women are the nursery school teachers. Women are the primary school teachers. You know, the next time you meet a man, he's a security guard and you can't be proud of him. The other man you meet is a cook who is very tough. You don't want to associate with him. The next man you meet is a soldier. You don't want to associate with him. The next time you see a serious man, a salesman, a lawyer, you know, he's holding a cigarette and a bottle of booze with a loosened tie, you still don't want to be like him. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we fail to find typical examples of exactly who a man is, yeah? And all the things that men do in our society, you, you find that men don't even know how, how they do these things because they were not taught. Mm. They were not mentored. They were not uh, cultured. They saw no example to emulate. And that is not a small matter. It's a very, very big issue, not just in Uganda, but also in, in, in other places. I've been to Sacramento in the U.S. recently. I was there for a wedding, and as I shared, people told me, please come back and talk to our marriage. <laughs> come back and, and uh, come back and talk to our marriage. We, we don't know how we lost it, you know? So the cry is genuine and very, 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 very wide. So the issue of succession, structures get broken. Mm -hmm. Actually, I would say death of any kind breaks down structures, breaks down networks, breaks down relationships. Um, when my father died in 1989, I was still a teenager. There are some relatives who I saw for the last time on my father's burial. Mm -hmm. And I next saw them on my wedding day. So the things that I know as a man, I learned them through church and through relating to older men who also did not speak directly on these small matters, but they are things I observed, yeah? So for me, I don't shave daily because I didn't see it. I shave when I want. And there are men who I, who I know who tell me, you know what, you need to shave every day, but I didn't see it. And I don't see the need for it. Mm. Because it was not murdered for me. But recently my son, he's 19, asks me a question and tells me, you know what, how do they shave? Wow. Teach me how to shave. And then I realized I wasn't taught. I saw from movies. Hmm? I saw from movies. I can't even say salesmen 
You okay. know, the salesman. Salesman Just do say, one swipe yeah, and so yeah, clean. Yeah. And then you'll be so clean and then you apply this. And then I'm thinking, yeah. So now I'm I've been taught by salesmen who are not even genuinely concerned for me, but they want me to make a purchase. Mm. That's correct. Yeah. So the issue of succession is very, very serious. Like, 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 like I'm mentioning, once structures are broken down, you have issues. And increasingly, structures are getting broken down with every death that occurs. Mm. But on the other side, the men who are old have intentionally or unintentionally created gaps in leadership, in churches, in politics, in uh, schools, in all this business establishment, which have made them become the only, uh, the only bulls in the crowd. Mm. And when the bull in the crowd fights, I mean dies, the younger bulls must fight to dominate. So that's why you see most of the enterprises, most of the churches, most of the businesses, most of the political parties, when the leader dies, that's the end of the party. Because we don't have a clear succession plan. We don't know how, what it means to sit down. Um, I was on the plane recently, and there was this young, young, young child. He was about 10 years. And the mother is telling the child to sit down. The child is just 10 years, but the child is behaving like a lion. And it's like he wants to, to come out of his skin and attack the mother. And the father is just looking on. And I'm thinking, okay, yes, on the plane, he is disempowered. He's, he, he cannot exercise. He can't raise his voice. He can't roar louder to silence this small roar. And in my heart, I kept on thinking, okay, this is a typical problem growing. Men don't have time to mentor, their, to mentor their children. There are very few men who will tell their children, this is what I do. This is how, do this is how I do it. This is how I get the money. And this is what I want you to do when you grow up. And most of the kids, when they get an opportunity, they want to go in the opposite direction of where their fathers have been. And this is a growing problem. It's a growing problem. So, so succession, we don't have succession, succession plans, even in charges. If a pastor drops dead, that's the end of that ministry. It may take a few years, but it will die because people have not been taught how to respect authority. We respect people who are richer than us because they have more money. We respect people who carry guns because they have the capacity to kill us. We respect people who who have access to, to influence and power because they can destroy us. So we, we don't have this, we don't have, we don't have a value system outside of fear and threat. So most of the things that we do, we even align ourselves with people, not because we believe in them, but because if we are outside of the, their camp, they're going to destroy us. Once these structures get broken down, culture gets broken down. And culture is transmuted by mouth and by observation. So time must be spent and discussions must be held. Today, the best way to silence a three-year-old is to give them your phone to play games. 
So you are there having discussion. Hmm? The young girl is being talked to in the kitchen by the mother. The young boy is being sent out to go play basketball. Hmm? He's being sent to his room to play, to shoot people in cartoons. Yes. Hmm? That's what we are training them to do. So when we come on the dinner table, everyone is in their phone. Yes, we are acting like we are a family, but everyone is in their computer talking to people who are outside of that home. By the time the head of the family passes away and dies, mm -hmm. there is no jailing of the rest of the family. And that's the danger of the future. Individualism. We, I don't know how far we need to go in order to realize that this individualism is going to become the main thing that is going to destroy our existence, especially as Christians. We are so ill-prepared for kingdom takeover. We don't have it. We don't think it. We don't plan it. We don't dream it. All we think about, oh, in my generation, things are okay. Imagine, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll run church. I'll be around. And, and, and you know, for a long time, I'm eternal and all those things. But one day you're going to die. And when you die, who's going to take over? These other cultures, the Indian culture uh, mainly. Let's talk about the Indian culture mainly. Yes, they are the, the ones that are training people. The Arab cultures, they're the ones that are training their young people. For us, I mean, even in church, even in church, when you look at Sunday school, children's church, we just take them to jump up and down. And then after us, we give them fizzy drinks and biscuits and put on a video for them. Why are we doing all this? We want the parents to be able to experience, to have a few minutes of, of sin, someone, and then afterwards we unleash the kids and then they run into the church like wild creatures. But after those few minutes they've been in the Sunday school, they're on sugar high and stuff like that. You take them back to school on Monday. A Muslim child was taught the tenets of Islam. Wow. At 5 a.m. or at 5 or at, uh, during the day, the children, I hear children doing the prayers, Islamic prayers, the call to prayer, is done by kids under seven years. Yes. I've never, I've only seen it for fun where they, and for them, they're not doing it for fun. They call for prayer. Mm -hmm. And when they, when, they, when, they, when they call for prayer, every man lines up and then they will read the thing and the men will bow down. For us, when we invite our young people, our children's church to come to church, they mimic the pastor. They walk like the pastor. We laugh and clap our hands and probably even give them money. But what, what are we doing? We are not believing that what they are doing is right. So they think this is a joke. Church is a joke. Yeah? When they are going to school, you give them pocket money. That is enough to buy a snack. When they are coming to church, you give them useless coins that can't buy anything. So the child is being programmed. We are killing the generation because we are not being con um, intentional of how we are we are raising them. Bishop, I think you're right on, you're right on point. Mm. Bishop, you've traveled across the countries, mm. I mean, travel the world, and you see the same pattern everywhere, mm. especially in the, the church. Uh, in the church, especially with Christians, mm. no and over. I, I looked at um, the, the word, and I saw Elisha being very, very 
not Elijah, it was Elijah actually, mm. being very methodical in raising Elijah. Mm. But Elijah didn't do it. What happened? The problem with Elijah, Elijah was already older than Elijah. As much as he mentored him and gave him the double portion, mm. all he transferred to him was his spirit, not his character. Ooh, powerful. That's powerful. It was not, he never transmitted his character. Is that the same bishop with Pentecostals? We yes. seem to have the power, the might, the no, spirit. No, no, no. Good. I like, I like the word you're using. Yeah. We seem. Mm. Because most of what we call power mm. is no power. When did you last hear in a Pentecostal church that a dead man was raised? I read it in books. You read it in books yeah. of which years? Catherine Kuhlman's. Uh huh. So, did the power die with her? No. We are in games. We don't pray as Pentecostals. We don't respect the Holy Spirit the way it's supposed to be respected. We don't live right. We don't even listen to the Holy Spirit. I was telling people yesterday that, you know what? If God tells you to give money, that's a demon talking. <laughs> that's correct. Especially if it's a lot of money. If it's a lot of money. Yes. If God tells you to marry a woman who is not beautiful, mm. you go for counseling because you are hearing voices you're not sure of. <laughs> yes, Bishop. You, you understand? Yes. If God tells you to go to the village, you're hearing voices that you don't understand. If God tells you to go to America, that oh. is God. Mm -hmm. If God shows you a white lady to marry, a beautiful woman, that is God. If God tells you that you're going to become rich, that is God. So when you talk about Pentecostal, that you are touching my heart. Mm -hmm. Because one of my desire, one of my prayers every day is asking God what happened to the Pentecostal power of the early church. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in my life. I've raised about 40 people from the dead. I've seen it in, in, over the past few years. I've met the Lord. I've, I've seen a lot of things. But I'll tell you, the very things that I saw when I went to people who I thought would embrace me, the people said, you're lying. <laughs> the people who I thought were ahead of me in these things, and I went to them and I thought, you know what, I am going to get further help. They just got buckets of ice, of, uh, ice cold and uh, ice cold water and they poured it to me. You didn't hear no God. There were allies in my life. Mm. So when you talk about the Pentecostal movement, hmm, if nothing happens in the near future, in about five years, because there has to be a handover, a clean handover between now and five years to come, because in the next five years, there's going to be a totally new breed if you look at God's calendar, if you even understand spirituality, you should understand, like in America, no church is in the limelight for more than eight years. Most of the things that we have, we copied them from them. So if you have a church that is in the limelight for 20 years, they are faking something. You can't be on a mountain and then you jump from one mountain peak 
to another peak. You must go through a valley. A, a time of rebranding, a time of reflection, a time of prayer, a time of shedding off the old skin, the old wine skin and the old wine. And then you, you get a new skin and a new wine skin and then you ascend to a, a new mountain top. What we see today is a person telling you our church is moving, is hoping from one, is hoping from one peak of a mountain to another peak, a higher peak. Mm. It's a lie. Now we've lived in those lies because we've collected a lot of money and we can pay off people. We can we put smoke machines in the churches and we call it the glory of God. And people don't mind it because they don't know that there's anything better. And that's the generation of ministers that we are raising who are now manning the machines. That you tell them when we are at the peak of worship, press the button and then the smoke will rise. <laughs> the next time, five years from now, that guy is going to be in a Bible school. He's going to come back as a preacher. Who is a Pentecostal preacher? Who is full of words, which the Bible has warned us about, that the kingdom of God is not what? Words, but power. We've thrown power out because it's no longer relevant. So, when, 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 if this is the kind of brand and breed of Christians that we have, it can't outlive five years. Mm -hmm. That's why when COVID comes, people fall away and they can't come back to church. That's why when disease comes, they cannot stand in faith. That's why they will still go to witch doctors when they want a promotion, mm -hmm. other than understanding that promotion does not come from the East or from the West, but from God. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to examine all these, these problems, you begin to realize that we as a church have a problem. Succession. Succession. We don't have structures. We don't have examples. We don't trust people beyond our tribes. You, you know, that hurts me. That, if, that should have been in religious circles. But even Pentecostals can't trust people outside their tribe. They can't marry people outside their tribe. And yet the Bible is very clear. We are spirit beings. We should be meeting around Jesus Christ, not around our village chiefs. But we are continuing to tag eh, the thread of, of tribe. Hmm? Mm. Eh? Mm. I, can't, I can't make you my assistant because you're not my, 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 my tribe. I cannot trust you because your tribe, you're traitors. Yes. I, can't tr I can't marry you because your tribe, women are loose. I can't trust you. So then you ask yourself a question. So why did we get born again in the first place? Why did we get born again? What is even the thing we got into which is called born again? If we don't even get to a point of basically accepting that when a person has come to Christ, they've become born again. And that's the problem. If we don't get into a, a deliberate cycle of raising men, we're in trouble. We are in very big trouble. And that's why me, I changed my pattern. I will be a bishop outside church. Inside the church, I am a father. So I said in church, I'm not going to be your pastor. I'm not going to preach to you only the gospel. I'm even going to nurture you in normal behavior so that we can have a generation that can, can engage the world. For instance, we keep, I'll just give you, if we do spiritual stuff, I'll just give you one thing. Scripture says, walk in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You've heard of, you've yes. read that. Yes, Bishop. I have read books. Yeah? I have never seen 
anyone who explained to me how they walk in the spirit. Do you know why? They don't know. So what has the body of Christ lost? Mm -hmm. The ability to walk in the spirit. But what is attached to it? That you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes. How come you speak in tongues and you're lusting? How come the lust will not be there only during the time when you're praying? And when you're out of prayer, it will come back and lunge on you and say, where, where are we? <laughs> yes. And these are leaders who are struggling with these things. But because they were not raised and because they don't know where to ask for help, they think because I am a clergy, I am carrying the treasure, so I can also be a clergy and an earthen vessel mm. and do things of the earth, the earthly, the earthy. And when it is spiritual, I'll do the stuff which is spiritual. That's correct. Yeah, that's why you even find that now we are even having a discussion of, of, of homosexuality in the church. We are having a discussion of abortion in the church. We are having a discussion of divorce in the church. We are having a discussion of remarriage in the church. We are having a discussion of second wives in the church, third wives. Why? Because we have left the true spirituality and we have become mere men. And all this is stemming from one thing, we are not raised. But if a man does not know how to walk in the spirit and they are teaching it, then they are faking it. You tell people, this is what you do. Oh, you see, you need to learn how to wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? You just wait on the Lord. You're playing with English words. Mm. But someone is taking you seriously. And they will get their own definition of what it means to wait on the Lord. So at the end of the day, what Paul handed over to Timothy, Timothy didn't hand it over to faithful men mm. who are able to teach others. Yes. And that's why you, you find that today we, we don't have succession plans. We don't even have the ability to transfer the knowledge that we have. Mm. We don't have the time to do it. We don't even know how to do it because whatever we have, either we got it accidentally Oh, we stole it. So when it comes to the issue of mentorship, it's really very serious for me. Wow. Because I am looking at the church of tomorrow and I'm very worried. Because if we do nothing about it now, if we rose again, if we died and rose again 20, and come back 20 years, if we died now and come back 20 years from now, you will find what you call church, either there'll be no church if we continue with the same trend or we will have a church which is worse than our generation. Mm. But where, how have we gotten here? We lack mentorship. We lack succession. Oh, Bishop, thank you for laying it so powerfully to us. May I kindly request you, Bishop, if you could pray for us, especially the leaders who need to learn to give to Andover, learn to create successors, people who will take mentorship from us, mm. people who we should mentor. Please pray for us. That God will uh, well, us. We need to pray for families. Yes, Bishop. We need to pray for families. We need to pray for men. Mm. And uh, before I even pray, this doesn't require prayer. Please, man, be available. Be available to your daughter so that your daughter starts hearing that loud, malish bass voice 
from you who loves her than from a man who is going to say they love her and when they have an argument, the voice will go louder and it's the first time she would have had that kind of voice. Mm -hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to join our faith today to pray for men that give us a breed of men that understand mentorship. We pray that your word says that you will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons. Turn the hearts of the fathers from pursuing wealth, promotion, and money to start pursuing mentorship and succession plans for their families, for their businesses, and for their churches. We pray that you help us to learn to go back to the ancient path and ask where the, road, the correct road be, and that we'll take that road and see the changes we need to see in our generation and to preserve your voice, your anointing, and your, the flavor of what you've given us for another generation yet to come. In Jesus' name have I prayed. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop. Welcome, and for sir. Adam and Eve, that has been an amazing conversation with, with Bishop Isaiah from Uganda. Discussing heavy stuff, very, very pertinent questions that I just want to challenge each one of you. Just go back to these YouTube pages and just get hold of it. If you miss it, please get hold of it so that we can begin to prepare for next generation. Thank you for being part of this conversation. And we want to look forward again to seeing you again next week. And meanwhile, you can continue to engage us on 20933 or 0717-400-555. And we'd be very, very delighted to hear from you. Now it's time to leave the cave. And we want to just wish you the best of, the, the best of, the, of the, every blessing. Because this is the only station in the world where we say you can look and live and where you can listen and live. I've been your host, Kissinger Kiprotich, hosting Bishop Isaiah from Uganda. Mm -hmm.